welcome to our Black History Month podcast today. My name is Pooja Dasgupta. I am a senior associate at CM Murray, and I am joined today by my colleague, Wanu Sander, who is also a senior associate at CM Murray. And we are also delighted to have with us Jesse Bakari, who was one of our interns on our virtual internship programme um, a year or so ago. And Jesse has really kindly given up his time to join us today on this podcast to um, share some reflections and um, insights in relation to this year's Black History Month 2022 theme. So as you as we'll all be aware, Black History Month is a is a really important annual commemoration of history, achievements and contributions of black people in the UK. And this year's theme is time for change, action, not words. When thinking about this title for for this year's theme, there were a couple of quotes on the Black History Month website itself, which um, really kind of rang out to me. Um, and, And that was that it says black people are often given the double burden of experiencing racism and discrimination and then being expected to fix it. Hopefully by making the theme of this year's Black History Month magazine and website, Time for Change, Action Not Words, we can come together to make a change for the better. Black History Month is a time to celebrate black history, heritage and culture and the iconic figures that have contributed so much. But this year, let's make it about so much more. If you're serious about allyship, it's time for change, action, not words. So I suppose the purpose of the theme this year is therefore not just to educate people, but to inform and empower people to be true allies in the anti-racism movement and to me, at least in my view, um, it, the theme therefore means actively disrupting your own and other people's biases and doing our own bit to disrupt racism in, in whatever context it might present itself. Um, so before we kind of get into the interesting bit and I can quiz Jesse and Wanu um, a bit further about what it means to them, I thought it might be helpful to just reflect on the legal profession in, you know, in, in our context what the statistics look like at the moment by way of diversity. So the SRA carried out a survey of diversity in law firms in 2021, and broadly speaking, showed a slow but steady increase in diversity amongst all lawyers since the previous survey that was undertaken in 2019. Uh, But it still showed fundamentally that there is still plenty of work to be done and that was especially so in relation to improving diversity for black Asian and minority ethnic solicitors in large law firms. I thought some of the statistics were particularly stark um, in respect of um, black lawyers and partners noting that the overall proportion of black Asian and minority ethnic lawyers working in law firms is 17% um, and only 2% of partners are black compared to 2% of solicitors. And also in the largest firms with 50 plus partners and in firms with 10 to 50 partners, only 1% are black, which to me is just a very stark figure in in and of itself. Um, And it just shows that so much more has to be done urgently to improve under-representation of black partners in in larger law firms. Um, So with that being said, bit of context there, Jesse, it'd be great to, if you can introduce yourself as someone who is obviously about to embark on their journey as a trainee solicitor in one of those said large law firms. And it'd be really interesting to get your perspective on 
you know, why you've chosen law, how you've got to where you've, you've got to, whether there's been kind of any sources of inspiration, um, just a bit about your story. So, hi, my name's Jesse. Uh, I just graduated from Durham University in first class. I'm going to be training at Slaughter Remain 2024. And my legal journey started when I was about 16. I was a very good debater and I was good at writing essays, forming arguments. So everyone in my family told me that's what a lawyer does. You should be a lawyer. And I'd thought about that for a while. So I thought I'd explore that route. So I sent about 20 emails out to a lot of local law firms in the area. Uh, Three got back to me and I ended up doing work experience at one. And I really enjoyed the different elements of being within the law firm, the drafting, the teamwork, being in that legal setting. And from there, I thought it was a straight path to studying law and then pursuing a career in law. So at university, I changed my focus more from uh, human rights based before university to commercial. And that's when I started uh, attending law events for big city law firms, doing vacation schemes and eventually landing two training contracts. So for me, the journey into law was fairly straightforward, um, albeit I had to work hard. There were some challenges, but I've had some good mentors along the way. For me, mentorship has been quite important. So I had a mentor who was at the time a trainee solicitor at Clifford Chance, and he was black. And he was really useful in terms of giving me confidence because I think a problem that you find with a lot of students is that they have the ability but lack the confidence. And getting that confidence in my abilities and my giving me that drive really helped me in the process. So yeah, that's my journey to law and kind of the help I've had along the way. And so, I mean, that's thank you so much for sharing that. And in terms of the the importance of role models, do you feel that for you that kind of gives you a sense of purpose and makes you feel that you can one day reach the you know if partnership is something that you that you feel is in your future do you feel that that has an active kind of impact on um how you feel your future will pan out by seeing those role models kind of have those leadership positions yeah I think when you see someone who looks like you in a high position it inspires confidence particularly when the state of diversity in the UK legal industry isn't great um and I think also when you speak to those sort of people, it can be quite heartwarming because they've been in your position. They understand you know, the anxieties of the future and they can also share with you what they did and you know, the journey they took and the challenges they faced and share that knowledge down to you. And so you learn from their experiences and that helps. And that was definitely helpful for my mentor and giving me advice at university and also for applications. And I was recently in touch with a partner at a US law firm, and he's been a partner for coming up to a decade, and he gave some really good tips. And I found it quite inspirational to have someone who was relatively young like him and in the partnership ranks. And although I'm not sure right now whether partnership is something that I want to go for, want to achieve, but it was good to hear from someone who had achieved that and to hear their experiences, to hear their advice. Yeah, absolutely. And and am I right in thinking that you also yourself have got involved in mentoring? And is that something that you feel 
one day you'd like to kind of give back to others in in some respects yeah I've kind of done mentoring in some sort of informal capacity my whole life so whether that was in school helping younger years with personal statements or university choices or course choices um, more recently I was vice president of the Durham University African and Caribbean Society during my uh, tenure at Durham and I established the university's uh, the ACS's first mentorship program and that had about 150 students involved so through that um, we paired older students with younger students and we created a kind of um, link between each year group and that way we had the older students at Durham sharing knowledge for the younger students and Durham isn't a particularly diverse place so doing that really helped uh, make a lot of first year students feel very comfortable in coming to Durham because they had people who you know, as I mentioned who have the experiences and can share that knowledge so that was um, a large part of my mentoring at university but also I am involved in the Black Excellence Mentoring Network. So I get questions from young law students interested in commercial law, interested in the, commercial, uh, the training contract application process. And I share advice, knowledge, things I did, things I regret doing, things I would do if I had a different chance. And through that, I help them with their career into law. And also I have had some involvement with uh, schools. So through referrals, through friends, referrals through uh, family, I help a lot of students with CVs, personal statements. And I think it's always a good way to give back because throughout my life, it's been very useful to have someone who's looking out for me. Therefore, I feel it's only right that I look out for others as well. It's, I mean, it's it's so commendable. Um, you're doing obviously such brilliant things by getting involved in all of those types of organisations and, and mentoring, and I think that will really set you in good stead. And and it, it it gives it gives that sense of purpose, and it's quite rewarding, you know, in a job that other you know sometimes you might sometimes you might feel a bit disillusioned about certain aspects of you know your actual the work. Um, and being able to give back to the community in that way and and particularly the black community um, that must feel particularly rewarding so yeah thank you for sharing that we also wanted to touch upon I wanted to introduce introduce Wanu into the, the discussion about what can be done in the workplace to create a truly diverse and inclusive workplace and again focusing on this theme of um, taking action rather than just focusing on words and Wanu, I just wanted to kind of get your views on uh, what you think employers can be doing um, more of if they've already started to, to kind of achieve that aim. Yeah, so first of all, I just want to echo what you said about how kind of impressive I think it is um, what Jesse's been doing. And I think also, you know, the kind of circle of giving back is important on both sides. It's important for those who are coming into the profession, it's important for those who are already in the profession, because as you say, there is kind of a disparate um, kind of proportion of black lawyers who are partners compared to those who enter the profession. So I think each step along the way, that sort of mentorship um, cycle is so helpful, because as they say, you can only kind of be what you see. Um, and I think it's really important to those who don't often see people that look like them um, in those sorts of roles to have that support um, from those that are 
you know, even if they're few in number, those that are in, the, in those roles already. So um, I think it's pretty great to see um, and really pleased to hear um, about what Jesse's been doing. So yeah, to um, touch on a little bit about what employers I think can be doing to create a sort of diverse and inclusive workplace. I think there's sort of a lot out there around things like um, positive action um, that can be taken. And, and although that's a sort of legal term, I'm gonna stay away a little bit from the legality of it at the moment and just sort of focus on the, the sort of bigger picture of what that could look like in terms of tangible action. Um, because uh, you know this year's theme is about action. And I think that's important for employers to bear in mind and that there's a lot of talk, but we actually do need to physically be doing and implementing changes. And there are many changes that you can implement around recruitment, for example, where there are um, disadvantages from by people um, at the sort of diverse background. Often small things like where you advertise roles can be quite important. Um, and where you get your, um, your sort of uh, talent pool from is also quite important. Quite a few employers might have maybe just a few select um, universities or um, geographical regions or whatever that they focus on and just by widening widening that pool slightly you could open yourself up to a, a much larger wider sort of candidate pool um, and potentially a much more diverse candidate pool now there are sort of statistics and things that need to go behind that obviously you need to look at specifically where the disadvantage is um, for that particular employer um, but, but you know, having having sort of programs in place, also things like you know official mentorships, um, or you could have uh, the sort of internships that we do as well, that could potentially open up more diverse candidates to this particular area, you know, to law as a whole, or you know to that particular employer. Um, I think also a very big area, and although you know, it might sound as if it's more training, more talking, it is important. Training is so vital and raising kind of awareness around um, where there is a, a lack of representation um, and whether or not that be around things like um, the successful black lawyers uh, or professionals, I think that's an important thing to do. So one example that comes to mind for me and that has, has been a sort of inspiration for me, for example, is the immediate past president for the Law Society, uh, Stephanie Boyce, who was um, the first black female to hold, hold that post. Now, most people who were probably involved in the sort of profession will, will know that, but having that sort of role being prominent and being promoted and you know having awareness around that, I think is a really positive thing. And is something that's again, quite easy I think for um, employers to do, especially within the, the legal field. Uh, another area I was going to quickly touch on um, around recruitment um, is blind CVs. Now, again, I've just picked up on a, another practical kind of small point, but for me, I think it's quite important um, for employers to think about carefully. And some employers might decide not to go down that route, but for me personally, I think that it is quite important. And I'll just give a sort of personal um, kind of reason as to why I, I, I believe it's quite important. So, I mean, many people will come from different backgrounds and probably yourself included, Pooja, um, where your name itself is quite an, a key identifier to where, to what your background is. And often, you know, even if 
you have the same sort of credentials or the same experience as somebody else that has there's been research that has shown that that does have an effect on um, recruitment biases um, and I think you know even just from a sort of starting point having blind CVs where you're just you know looking at somebody on the basis of their experience and their skills and putting aside the bias that can unfortunately I mean we all have biases so it's not you know it's not it, it's it's something we need to try and get rid of but it's it's not a terrible thing to admit we all have biases so putting that aside I think is something that um, employers can tangibly do um, to try and in, increase um, or, or be more diverse and more inclusive in their recruitment processes. Yeah I mean I completely agree with all of that Wally, and I think one of the key themes surrounding what everything you've just said is about looking inwards and shaking up your internal processes and just and trying to root out the biases the prejudices and um identifying what the what the issues are um the recruitment piece that you touched on is really important obviously and working with for example diverse recruiters and just widening the net as as much as possible to ensure that you have um that you have access to the most diverse talent pool that you can and just a few other things to add as well um thinking about the wider business supply chain ensuring that black business is for example included within your supply chain you know for example the companies that you use to train or coach your staff are you actively thinking about what organizations are out there that um you know are prominent black businesses and and are you are you accessing them also making sure that DNI isn't the first thing to be cut from the budget in a time where <clears throat> we're facing uh, tricky, to say the least, financial mm. times. Um, is DNI going to be the first thing to be cut from from the budget and the the priority list? And and it really shouldn't be. Um, and then just I just wanted to add one other thing about you mentioned about positive action, Wanu, and the kind of proportionate measures that can be taken. Um, to address underrepresentation, and the kind of precursor to that is having the data. And often, it's the collation of the data that can put employers off in terms of actually, in terms of actually kind of implementing change. And um, part of that is the the whole issue around ethnicity pay gap reporting, um, which isn't mandatory in the UK, but yet I think that's something that employers can do by way of kind of tangible action to work out whether or not there are kind of pay huge pay disparities and what they can do to kind of tackle that um, and and that's something you know where the theme is action not words that is action that that can yeah. be taken relatively easy, easily I know it's another thing to add to the to-do list but it's something that again is really important and can truly drive some meaningful change yeah so those are just some of the additional points I just want to wanted to add to your brilliant list yeah, I agree with that. And I think we sort of also touched on previously just the importance around kind of allyship and and having sort of people who maybe, you know, you're not part of the group, but you stand up when you see something that isn't quite right, especially within the workplace. And I think people are getting better at doing it, um, but we definitely need to have individuals who are prepared you know, and that's one thing you can do yourself. You don't actually even need an organisation to do that. Anybody working anywhere can can stand up um, mm. and and call out kind of behaviour where they believe it's kind of inappropriate. Having you know policies and and procedures in place to help them do that is a bonus. 
Um, but as a first step, and it is a courageous thing to do because I know sometimes it's it's difficult to do that when everybody else is silent, but standing up and, and basically saying when something isn't right, either that's you overhear someone, you know, use a word they shouldn't be using or make an assumption about somebody um, because of their race within the workplace and it's taken as banter or as a joke. Um, you know, those are, play those are times and places where employees within the workplace and can also do their part in terms of taking action. Um, and I came across, um, as I was preparing for this, I'm sure everyone's, everyone might have heard this because it's such a popular quote from Barack Obama, but it made me, it, it made me sort of sit up and think, and it, it just says, change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we see. So I think, you know, sometimes again, you know, those, time, those moments, those kind of difficult, challenging times come um, in environments where you don't want to be the person to stand up. But with theme this year, I think we should all be kind of reflecting deeply about how we can best be that change actively um, within the places that we have influence, um, including our workplaces. And I think for, for a lot of sort of, you know, Black people and their allies, I think that will include, you know, having to do the brave thing sometimes and, and call out inappropriate uh, behaviour. And I think, I think it's, quite a big role that allies that truly want to be allies need to take because as I kind of mentioned in the intro it shouldn't be up to black people to fix the problem it's ultimately a collective issue that needs to be tackled together and if there are allies who are who find themselves in a position of power um, or privilege um, or some kind of authority that they can they can enact meaningful change much far easier than their black colleagues then they should really try and take every step that they can to uh, to do that um, and and it's it's it can be uncomfortable I'm sure it can be uncomfortable to try to actually call racism out for what it is um, when you see it especially when you're around potentially around colleagues that you've been you've been working with for x many years and being able to actually name it for what it is can be quite uncomfortable I think it's having that conversation with yourself that actually just you need to get out of the comfort zone and just call it out for what it is. Jesse, did you have any thoughts about active allyship, what that means to you in your circle? Um, in terms of the recruitment process, I, I agree with quite a few of the points that you guys mentioned. I think the blind CVs is a very good point. As Wonu said, studies have shown that your surname comes with certain biases which can influence whoever's reading your CV so that's definitely very important. I also think in terms of having a community within your firm a sense of togetherness in dealing with issues rather than having the people who experience issues having to deal with them so that's definitely very important. I think in terms of recruitment that it's important that there are schemes, there are mentors that firms are establishing to help students from different backgrounds. And that doesn't just include black students, that includes students from state schools, uh, students who've had uh, extenuating circumstances then in their lives that can influence them achieving their potential. So, for example, a lot of law firms at the moment have schemes for BAME students, and these are just insights into the firm, insights in commercial law, and also said schemes for state school students. And to me, that's very important in terms of 
the diversity within the legal industry. And I also think that is allyship in the form because it's understanding that there are certain barriers. And although it's not positive in the sense of giving someone a job, it's providing a foothold for students who might otherwise not be able to achieve that position, achieve that sort of experience. So I think with a lot of firms showing more desire to set up such schemes and to advertise them broadly, there's definitely some positive change in that sense. And I think that's something that all law firms could learn from. That's really, yeah, it's it's nice to finish on a positive note that, you know, there are examples of firms doing things right or, you know, moving in the right direction. Uh, I think that's that's all we can ask for, really. Um, so thank you very much, Jesse and Wano. I think the last thing I just wanted to touch on was resources. Obviously, there are tons of resources out there um, for people who want to know more about this year's Black History Month theme um, and kind of and educate themselves more and um, on and on what action they should be taking. Um, for me, I, you know, I think there are the, so the Black History Month website has got lots of resources on there um, and access to articles and examples of various types of action being taken by uh, a variety of employers. On LinkedIn, there's a, a, a ton of really interesting posts um, using the hashtag actions, not words. Um, for example, there are many lawyers in the field um, who are, you know, prominent in what they do and they are really passionate um, and advocates for change in, in this in this area. Uh, there's also the Black Equity Organisation um, and Race Equality Matters. So these are just some of the few organisations that I thought of when I was thinking about um, organisations that are putting really interesting and meaningful content out there. Was there anything else that you wanted to add to that list, Bonnie or Jesse? No, I think you've got a pretty good list there. Um, there's the uh, Black Solicitors Network, those specifically who are um, looking into to join the industry. But otherwise, I mean, <laughs> you've covered off quite a good list. Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you so much both for your time. Hopefully, uh, you know, some of the issues that we've discussed are um, absolutely the, the kind of forefront of the agenda for, for many businesses and individuals out there at the moment. It's an incredibly important month of the year that we, that we celebrate every year. Um, so thank you very much. Um, and thank you for listening.